Welcome to another episode of Couch Conversations with BWLPBC's Community Connectors. Couch Conversations is a place for community and leaders to get together to talk about what's on their minds. Have you ever wondered what people are really thinking when it comes to behavioral health and wellness? And is the community and those making decisions on the same page when it comes to solutions? That's what we're here to explore. Listen in as we connect community and Palm Beach County systems in an open conversation to help each other understand and explore behavioral health and wellness needs and solutions together. Hey, job. I am with Primetime Palm Beach County as the assessment manager. And in the evening times, I am with Be Well PBC. I'm, I'm one of the community connectors and along with Healthier Delray Beach. So with that, I am going to pass this on to the next person that I see to my right is Rosa White. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Once again, welcome. Welcome to the couch. So I am Rosa White. Uh, during the day, I am a fitness instructor. I actually own my own small fitness business, Total Body Fitness with Rosa LLC. And then my other part-time job is a Be Well Community Connector. I don't consider it a job because it's so much fun. Uh, and we're excited. We're excited to have you here. As Rose mentioned, kick off your shoes, grab your coffee, sit back, relax, and let's chat. And pass it on to the next person, please. Well, I'll go next since I'm a community connector as well. Hi, I'm TK Karstarfin. Um, I... By day, I'm a co-founder of a tech startup by the name of Minergy, and we connect minority-led nonprofits to institutional donors. And evening, I um, am a community, connect community connector with Be Well PBC. Again, welcome. Happy that you all were able to attend and join us. And like everyone else said, relax and let's get ready to talk. And the the next person that I see on my screen is Ms. Edwards, Nicole Edwards. Thank you. Hi, my name is Nicole Edwards. I'm the Director of Community Partnerships at Primetime. And thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. I'm going to pass it uh, to Aruna. Hello there. I'm Aruna Gilbert, and I'm the Chief Program Officer at the Early Learning Coalition. And I'm so excited to have this opportunity to speak to you and to See what's happening in your world and for you to get an idea of what's happening in my world. So I'll pass it on to Aaron Gallagher. I'm Aaron Gallagher. I'm with the Early Learning Coalition. I'm their Vice President of Provider Services. So all things on the provider side of the house. Um, really excited to be here to meet everyone and to talk about all the things we're doing, learn about all the things that you are doing. And with that said, I will pass it to my counterpart, Cornisha Dukes-Chisholm. Hi, good morning, everyone, and thank you for inviting us to the couch. Excited to be here. Uh, as Aaron said, I'm Cornisha Dukes-Chisholm. I am the Vice President of Family Services for the Early Learning Coalition of Palm Beach County. Can't wait to get started. All right. You want to pass it, Cornisha, or you want me to pass it for you? Uh, let's see. I don't see Lauren. Is she participating? They will be, they will be more behind the scenes, but we'll have them come in. Uh, Lauren, you can come on in now. You and Fresh Lane. Hi, I'm like the uh, eye in the sky or something today. So hi, everybody. I'm Lauren Zuckman. I'm with Be Well PBC, and I am super excited about today. Thank you all for participating. Um, Fresline and I are going to stay off camera and just be here for any technical assistance. 
And I will pass it on to Fresleyn. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being part of the Couch Conversation, the second edition. I'm Fred Lane, Project Coordinator of BOPBC. Um, and just, you know, just honored that all of you uh, said yes and you're here. And some of you guys are actually sitting on couches. I love it. Um, so uh, I will pass it along to Elsie <laughs> and I will be behind the scenes technical support as well. Hi, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Elsie Fenor. I'm a time counselor counselor. I work with Bethel Church, New School, and Summer Camp Director. So I'll pass it on to Venice. Hi, my name is Venice St. Hilaire, and uh, I am a special education teacher um, in, in the Glades, um, Bell Glade, and I work at Gove Elementary. I'm also a wife and a mother of one, and I'm very involved in the community, in ministry. So this is my first time participating in this event, and I'm very grateful for the invitation from Lauren and Fredland, and I'm glad to be here with you all today. So last without Mr. Marcus, we have. Go ahead, Mr. Marcus. How y'all doing, Queens? How y'all doing? I'm Mr. Marcus Darisaw. I'm a teacher at West Boca. I teach English. And my part-time job when I leave here is to be the program coordinator at EJS Project. Thank y'all for having me. I'm here. I'm tuned in and bring some good energy. All right. All right. Well, welcome again, everyone, um, to our couch conversation. And what we'll do right quick, really quick, in the chat box, I ask you to put what I ask in the chat box. What are you looking forward to this weekend? And we'll have Ms. Rosa read those off as you type. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Okay, spending quality time with family. My couch and catching up on what's <laughs> happening on Netflix. Catching up with schoolwork. Okay, time with family and no rain. <laughs> it's been, yes, been raining a lot. Good food and sleep. Who said good food? Okay, where are my foodies at? That's me. Good food. Okay, all right, girl. We friends already. That's TK. You, yeah, TK, I didn't know you like food. I love food too. <laughs> okay. I see working good. on a garden project. All right. Spending time with family flag football. Awesome. So we all look forward. Oh, I'm looking forward to being with my kids and my husband. I know that's right, Miss Aaron. Marcus, you probably know my husband. Oh, he, oh, okay, Marcus. <laughs> That was for you. I probably shouldn't have read all of that. But uh, again, y'all, I want y'all to feel very comfortable because this is a couch conversation. Hello, somebody. Go ahead, Ms. Rose. We have leading questions or you can just speak from your heart. If anybody wants to jump in and just start speaking and we'll go from there. For instance, some of you have kids. Some of us don't. Anyone want to talk about your kids? You can do that too. Tell us about them. How old are they? What schools do they attend? Stuff like that. Um, good afternoon again, everybody. I am mother, single mother of two. Um, my concern are because they're four and they're six, they have to learn to work with the internet and the technology. And the four-year-old is pre-K for the first time. So having to teach her a lot of technology for them. So knowing that in school, now my question is, how much um, how much support 
but what other resources can people in the school assist or even ELC assist in helping those young kids as they have to carry those technology and learn all those technology um, vocabulary and everything at a young age? How will you guys better assist in helping those young students or kids? So your question to is to ELC as to how do they assist as far as resources and things are concerned when it comes to the yes. younger education, education, they can assist with, with the younger students and learning the technology and helping out as far as log in and doing everything um, more independent. So what kind of resources are they providing is what you want to know. Okay, ELC, anyone? I'm waiting for Cornisha to tell you all about family services. Come on, Cornisha. Let's have it. Jump in here. All right. So I think that's a really good question. So one of the things that um, we do, our primary work is with families. And so as a part of our family engagement program, we actually provide the tools, the supports, and the resources to the parents to build their skills and to um, make sure that they're aware of the best uh, strategies and best practices for working with children in that age group. Um, we have what we call one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions where a member of our team works directly with the parent to really find out what's happening with your child, what is the needs of your, you know, what are the needs of your children. And then we identify some strategies, connect you to resources if needed to be able to empower you to be able to work with those children at home. Uh, prior to COVID, we have um, a lending library where we have tools and resources and materials. We schedule activities and workshops where parents work side by side with their children alongside our coaches that, uh, where they model that behavior. So then when families go home, they're able to keep that going. But our team models, they work with the parent and the child together to um, practice those skills or those new techniques, and then parents go home and practice and continue to do that. So we continue that during COVID with our one-on-one -on -one sessions. We are also doing some virtual parent engagement activities where, again, our team is modeling that activity and then you through that process as they go along. I'm, I'm glad to hear that um, you're talking about the keyboarding and the the key skills that kids need because it is a critical skill as they go into kindergarten. And so while most parents think it's too early to um, start doing that work, it is very important. And so I applaud you for putting them on and helping them to work through that because it is a, a critical skill. And we certainly have coaches ready and available to work with you if need be, but it's really personalized and it's about your needs and the needs of your children and getting you connected. Did I answer your question? Yes, I just had another, um, thank you. I have another follow-up question, if you don't mind. Oh, um, knowing that I'm a counselor too, and my kids are bilingual, when you say you have coaches available and you have those services available, do you have um, coaches with the different languages for those families? Because we do have families who don't speak English or they need the other their primary language to assist them in learning how to work and use the computer for their children. We do have staff that speak multiple languages and they do do the activities and their coaching in multiple languages. So Spanish and Creole is the majority of the families that we deal with. We do have some staff that speak some languages other than that. 
And then we also uh, coordinate with a um, translation service if need be uh, to be able to support those families as well. Awesome. And, and I asked too, um, if, if Ms. Cornisha, if you could put uh, contact information in, in the uh, chat box for Ms. Elsie to uh, uh, be in contact with someone or the person that she should be in contact with. Um, I know, uh, before we go further, Marcus, I know that you have to leave early. You're in a class. Um, do you have any questions that you need answering? Because we have various organizations online here. As a parent. As a parent, oh yes, I have a, um, a seven-year-old child in the first grade. Um, I stay home with him for the first two weeks to get him, you know, acclimated with the technology and making sure he's doing the right thing and making sure he's understanding the technology. So it is a big challenge for a seven-year-old just to stay engaged in front of a computer, you know, for eight hours. And um, my question is, now, you know, now I'm at work and he's at, you know, at home. And when I get home, I find myself trying to do catching up, like, you know, catch up and make sure he's understanding the subjects. So my question is, like, how can we, how do we know they're understanding the subject and they're grasping the, the right education and the right techniques for reading and math? And, you know, they got, you know, first grade, they got testing coming up. How do we know that they're going to be prepared for FSAs? You know, that's my question. One of, one of the best strategies that we offer to all families is to communicate with your child's teacher. So having an understanding of what is expected of the child kind of helps you to shape uh, the work that you do with the child at home. But it's really that two-way communication, establishing that partnership from the onset with the teachers is to um, make sure that they understand who your child is and how your child learns, and then to um, get information from them about what's expected from your child as well. And then you as a parent, again, in partnership with your school, start to shape a plan for them. And you know your child best. You know how your child learns. And so... Again, testing and checking for understanding of the concepts that have happened during the day. Communication, communication, communication. Let them talk. Generally, when they're talking about what happened or what didn't happen or how it happened, again, encourage them to talk. So we have a, um, we start to introduce our community to a very simple strategy. It's called tune in, take turns, and talk more. Tune in, listen at what they're saying. They're going to start talking about what happened during the day, what Miss So-and-so said and what she didn't say or she didn't say enough. Uh, again, tune in, listen for what they're saying and then take turns. They say something, you say something and you saying something to prompt them to talk more and keeping them talking. And then you start to get a better understanding of if they're grasping the concepts. And then if they're not grasping it, then again, working with your child's teacher to say he got this, but he missed this. What are some things that I can do to help them now? So hopefully that helps. And Marcus, I, you know, I have a 13-year-old at home uh, doing virtual school. I have no good news for you. It's the same when you're 13 as when you're seven. <laughs> so let me tell you, it's hard work. This virtual stuff is hard work. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree more with what Cornisha said. But one of the things that I can tell you as a parent is, Oftentimes, is just don't take the side of the teacher either. 
listen to what your child is saying and advocate for your child with that teacher because no one knows your child better than you. And, you know, take that time to have that conversation with the teacher about who your child is. You know, there might be 20 something children in her classroom, but I want you to know who my child is. And in the, in the virtual arena, that was definitely something that I had to take the time to do. Um, you know, usually I volunteer a lot in the classrooms and in, in her school, but I can't do that now. So they can't see my face and know that I'm feisty when it comes to my child. So you got to take care of her. So you have to do it online, right? You have to send emails and say, hey, I noticed this. I noticed that. What was that about? Um, or sometimes, you know, the other thing that I notice is they put homework up online, but it's almost like a scavenger hunt to figure out what the homework was. And so say that, like I say, you know, th- this is kind of difficult for her to figure out where this homework is. Can you put it in an easier space? Can you, you know, that sort of stuff. I think that's critical as a parent. Awesome. Um, before we go a little, oh, go ahead, Marcus. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying thank y'all so much, and I appreciate y'all having me here. Oh, okay. Marcus, I would just share, I have a six-year-old at home, so I'm right there with you. I am right and I, I would agree with the runner. I've, you know, I, I think advocating for your child, how they learn, how they learn best. Um, probably like a lot of parents, I'm concerned about how much screen time it is. Um, plus, the homework is a lot of screen-based, and so I, yeah, I've had to advocate for you know, we may not do the online book library. We're just going to get books from the physical library and read. Um, and just because you know your child works best, I agree with Aruna Advocate, but um, know that you are not alone. <laughs> we are all, we're with you. All right. So um, what I want to ask um, before we go a little further is like, I'm going to go to you, Nicole, and I, um, because we heard from Kanisha as far as, you know, the resources and all of that stuff that we have. Um, in the county itself. Uh, Nicole, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Primetime and the resources that they have as well? And then I have a follow-up question for all of the community members here. Sure. So, you know, just listening to everyone talk about, you know, how difficult it is to be in the virtual space, I definitely also relate. I have twin um, 10th graders who um, are trying to maneuver and they're, they are very different and they are having two different experiences. Um, and the concern with having too much screen time is inherent in these conditions. Um, so what we've tried to do, so in my role and with Primetime, we provide supports, right? That support children and youth um, in the things that they would do after school. So you know, it, it becomes tricky because if you've been on screen, right, all day long, you know, what makes you want to continue to do that? So what we have are called expanded learning opportunities. And what we've tried to do is make them more of or less of just focusing like what's on the screen, but be more interactive. So whether it's movement or fitness, you know, or art, right? Get up and breathe and sing and 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 try out some different kind of um, things that are that that can can help, right? Alleviate some stress. Uh, to kind of shift, you know, minds to think about other things and to actually hopefully, you know, support what's going on in the school day. And so we typically over time have worked with after school programs or out of school time programs, we call them. But we've actually transitioned to also work with those children and families who aren't enrolled in a program. 
because we know that now you might not want to send your child to an after-school program or can afford to, or that's just not a choice. So you can actually access some of our expanded learning opportunities as an individual at home. And, you know, we have our website full of a menu of different types of, of, of supports or different types of activities and uh, programs. We have, you know, STEAM for those people who are just interested in STEAM or um, coding, uh, developing apps. We have an ELO, what we call an ELO provider, um, who helps um, lead kids how to, to build an app in their spare time, right? Um, we have the arts. As I mentioned, we have fitness and wellness. And so what our goal is, is to really reach everyone and not just use the, the old model that we had, which was only working with the actual after-school programs. Awesome. So follow-up question to, um, to, to those responses from uh, Cornisha and Nicole. How are you making sure, or anyone else in the community, how are you making sure that parents are aware of the resources? How, how are they getting their hands on these resources? Great question. That was going to be my next question. Oh, sorry. Um, So for us, we have, um, you know, our typical communications go out to people who would already be in our, um, you know, that would already be connected to us. What our communications team has been trying to do and is continuing to do is is to partner with other organizations that have a wider reach. So those organizations that have um, you know, maybe children and families like ELC and, and the services department um, to help to promote and, and give, you know, awareness to the things that we have to offer. It's still, you know, we're, we're always um, continually improving the way that we do things and learning as we go. And so I, I feel like it's a continuing process to get, you know, the, the word out there. And we know that this is going to come through a lot of uh, commitment from community um, and joining together, joining hands to get this done and letting the community know. Because there, there's quite a few people out here that actually do not know that ELC, anything about ELC, CSC, primetime, you know, they know nothing, you know. And sometimes some people get us mixed up with other organizations um, as far as what we do. You know, so, um, yeah, I can I, I see exactly what you mean as far as everyone's pretty much partnering up, you know, in the county in order to get this word out. And I appreciate all of you for being here today. And Pranisha, you look like you have something to say. I'm, I'm looking at you. I, not, not a whole lot. I did just want to <laughs> share that you're absolutely right. You know, it's all about all of us working together because alone, you know, we can't do this work alone. The need is huge and the, the reach uh, is, is great. So everything that Nicole said, it's really about our partnerships with each other. It's about each one teaching one. It's about us telling you and you tell your network and so on and so forth. It's how do we connect with each other? Uh, we work with a host of social service agencies. We have referring partners. We educate them about what we have available, not necessarily for them to send them to us, but let's empower you with the information and the tools you need to be able to reach the families that you serve. And so they become partners with us as organizations. Um, we have, what we found was that there are a lot, there is a technology issue when it comes to reaching some families. We thought we had gotten away from snail mail in some sense. And we found that during the pandemic, we really had to go back to it because some families were just not able to connect. So we started sending out mailings 
um, educational packets during the uh, summer to make sure that we weren't seeing that summer slide for our VPK kids. I mean, thousands of packets a week by hand. We were stuffing envelopes and mailing it out, making sure that families who wanted or needed the information in that way were able to get it. Um, our website, we uh, are e-blasting. We have a newsletter for families. Um, if you just connect to us on our website, if you want to be added to that, we put your name on the list and you'll become a part of that to start receiving our, our newsletters and our information that we're sharing with parents. And again, word of mouth, powerful thing. Um, and we're starting to see a lot of that other families are connecting to us as a result of something that somebody else shared with them. So that's it. You know, we appreciate you all. And again, if you don't know, you want to know more, let us know. We were right there for you. We have uh, what we call, um, you know, request the speaker, our speakers bureau. Let us know. We're ready and available. All right. Um, so, uh, Vanessa, I, I, I'm one second, Miss Rosa. Okay. I see Vanessa's hand is up and she must have felt me because I was coming to her first as a um, I want to ask you a question. Maybe this is the same thing. I don't know. But let me ask this and see. OK, is that OK? Yes, of course. All right. <laughs> what are the challenges you're facing as a teacher in the classroom as far as virtual is concerned right now? Um, well, I'm no longer working at home. Um, but one of the biggest challenges, especially with the special ed children, is um, just a lack of support, really. Um, a lot of them didn't have the support at home. And a lot of them, unfortunately, didn't have the cognitive ability to really function, you know, in terms of the technological aspect, knowing how to maneuver with that. A lot of the parents um, didn't really know how to support the kids because a lot of them didn't have the experience working with the computers and technology as well. So I found myself having to teach both the parents and the students how to maneuver through in, in going from one meet to another meet or, you know, accessing the Google classrooms and such. So that was very challenging. But, you know, that was from March. We worked over the summer, but over time it got better. Awesome. Was there anything else that you had wanted to say when you raised your hand? Yes, my question was uh, for Nicole. Um, I have heard of uh, ELC before because we have one um, in Belgrade, but your organization, I was, you know, I'm not familiar with. And I think that's something that we need here in the Glades because there are just not enough after school program or outreach program for our youth and children. And I wanted to know, like, what is the age range for your organization? Sure. So uh, Primetime's focus um, primarily is um, kindergarten through eighth grade. Um, and so those are, we, we support programs. Like, so our, our typical model is that we support pro organizations that go into an established or um, after-school program. And we do have many, all, all of ours go, you know, service the Glades. Um, and so what I was saying now is that um, we have the opportunity virtually to serve even if you weren't associated with an after-school program. So, so we're a CSC, Children's Services Council-funded organization. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if I answered your question or if I'm going down the right, the right lane. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think I've heard of CSC. 
So I can put in the chat, um, our, our um, website is pretty simple. It's primetimepbc.org. And um, there is a tab on there that has how we service children and youth. And that has all of the information about our expanded learning opportunities and the ones that I mentioned. And so, and you can have also contact me directly if you wanted um, help into plug, you know, plugging into any and every one that sounds interesting to you. And then I can help you that way as well. Okay. Ms. Rosa, you had a question. So, yeah, I wanted to speak a little bit about, and I just love this, this, this conversation that going really great. Thank you guys for being here again. I want to speak a little bit about, so we've talked about resources for kids that um, we that we know have computers at home, internet access at home. So can we speak a little bit about, um, I don't know, because I don't have a um, young kid in, in school, a young, young age kid in school. Are there still challenges? And I often, this is often on my heart because initially um, I have a lot of friends that are teachers. And initially they were saying some of these kids don't even have access to internet. Some of these kids don't even have the proper number of computers. They were, because some of the kids were sharing computers. So is that still the challenge with kids sharing computers and also the kids not having access to, to Internet? And if so, how do you uh, connect the uh, parents and the kids to resources to be able to have those uh, the equipment and the um, Internet that they need in order to get online? So um, if, if I can start and I'm sure others want to jump in on this. So the school district of school was starting this year. They realized from the spring that this was definitely an issue. Um, that especially families with multiple children and that it was if giving one computer wasn't going to solve the issue. So they did a huge order of computers. This really was something that kind of fell within their wheelhouse to ensure that there was a computer for each student. Um, now, every school district in the country was kind of doing the same thing at the same time. So um, I think the first, you know, little bit before school, there was a supply issue, but their goal was to make sure that there was a laptop for every student. Um, who needed a laptop so that they could have one during the time that they were virtual learning. Um, and I know there were a lot of efforts around um, and discussions around making sure that community, communities had connectivity um, within the community. Um, they were even talking so far as bringing buses in that were equipped with like a Wi-Fi setup into neighborhoods. I, I know that plan didn't quite come to fruition, but they really chased down every avenue they possibly could um, to ensure that there was internet. And I know there's a group working in the county on ensuring that families have that internet connectivity. But the school district themselves, that really fell within their wheelhouse. And they worked to ensure that there was a laptop for each child that wanted one and a pickup process for them to get them. So um, I'm, I'm glad they recognized that. And I think it's made it a, a lot easier. I'm sure others want to jump in on this, but I, I know that was the effort from their side. Yes, Anyone I'd like else? Go ahead, Vanessa. As far as like the laptops, it's a, the distribution has been much better than in the spring because I know a lot of my kids, when we initially uh, shut down, a lot of them had to share laptops. But with the fall, so with, uh, with the more resources that we gained, so the more, more children have access to laptops and the Internet did um, get a lot better even though we were only in school for about a week and a half before we went back to um, brick and mortar. So, um, and I also wanted to ask, being that I have a four-year-old who, um, this is the first time I've had to be home with him because I've always worked and I'm doing my 
hardest to um, effort to make sure that he's getting the instruction that he needs. And I feel like I'm just failing at it because he's only online for about an hour and a half. Again, because of pre-K schedule, um, he's uh, pretty much looking at the teacher in the screen as she's teaching the other students in the class. So he's not getting that direct uh, attention that he needs. So I think for me, I would like to ask that, um, it, where can I get some resources where I can do some of the pre-K assessment um, online? Maybe like uh, Karnisha was mentioning, maybe uh, assess him, do a pre-assessment so I can see where he is and uh, work on those skills with him. And then maybe at the end of the year, I can do the post-assessment to see how much he has grown because I'm just putting him on random things, just like Starfall and different programs, but I don't really have a guide to make sure that I'm hitting those, you know, milestones that he needs to be, you know, working on. Um, I did put the um, contact information for Lorca Acosta in the chat box. She's our family engagement uh, manager, and she'll be able to certainly make sure that you're connected to the resources related to um, um, you know, what those benchmarks are. And even here recently, EOC has been working with some of our providers on our STAR literacy assessments and helping families to be able to access that. Again, to do just as you stated, to make sure that they're on pass, to measure the progress that they're making and to ensure that it's a transition into kindergarten. So we can kind of get you connected to that as well. But Lorca certainly is the one that will be able to work with you one-on-one to identify what additional um, uh, tools we have available to support you with that. Great. Thank you. Okay. And I'll put my information in as well. So if you want to reach out to me, that's fine as well. So I'll make sure okay. I have time. Thank you. And I do All work right. out of the well blade office at times. So. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was good to know because I was going to ask that question. Uh, <laughs> But um, so um, to uh, Aruna, am I saying your name right? You are. <laughs> okay, Aruna, Nicole, Cornisha, Aaron, any one of you could ask um, if you feel like you have a question to the parents because they've been asking of you now. You can ask of them. This is your time. Go ahead. I, you know, I, I think from the ELC, we would want to know. We've been making a concerted effort to make sure that all of the parents that we're reaching and all of the parents out there, you know, regardless of economic status, we do serve all of our parents in Palm Beach County. But we would want to know what sorts of things do you think, especially now during the pandemic, that you might be um, missing or needing? And is there something that we can fill a gap with? Is there something that we can um, reach out and do better? If you already know what we do, is there something we're do not doing well? So that whole, what should we stop? What should we continue? What should we, you know, start doing? Because maybe we haven't been doing some things that you need. You can let me have it. It's okay. I got broad shoulders. I can handle it. <laughs> you want to start with the stop? It's all right. <laughs> Go ahead, Elsie. I see you. Well, I was to ask you if you be able to review some of the things or inform us of some of the things that you guys already do or that has been implemented since COVID until now. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear her. Pornisha, did you did you hear the question? Are you able to review? I caught that piece. 
review or give more information about what has been implemented since COVID. Ah. All right. So a lot has happened, right? We, we've been doing a lot. We, um, you know, most people know us as the people who do, uh, who provide subsidized childcare. And um, we do so much more than that. Uh, you know, our child care resource and referral provides information to every child in Palm Beach County, um, any parent who has inform- who needs information on children. But as COVID started, we recognized that there was a need to look at behavioral health and mental health. And um, one of the things we did was uh, we got some funding, some private funding, because, you know, we're state funded. So we received some private funding in order to get mental health across Palm Beach County. And so we do have a mental health provider that provides free services to all of our families in Palm Beach County um, so that the access wouldn't be an issue for them and payment wouldn't be an issue because we know that's an issue, too, for a lot of our parents is um, having insurance that covers stuff like that. The other thing we did was recognizing that we had a lot of our young ones at home without um, educational services. I think Cornisha talked about doing mail-outs. We started out with 40 parents saying, yes, I want to mail-out. And now we are at 4,000 parents getting mail-outs from us. And generally what we're sending is our activities for children to be able to do at home to keep that learning environment going. some other things that we, we looked at was we heard a lot about our, our children who were birthed to three being hungry. Right? A lot of parents were having um, issues meeting their children's um, food need. Um, the school district provides a lot of, of um, really good supports, food supports for our, our students, but often they're looking at the older ones. And we knew that things like formula and baby food was an issue. So we did go after a grant to get money to provide food and, and were, was able to do, I think over 250 families received um, food for their babies and toddlers. Um, I think it was for a family of four that fed for about two weeks. And then we've got some new initiatives that we're working on. One of the things that seemed to crop up, and I don't know if that's cropping up for you guys as parents, but it seems as though tutoring is an issue. And so we're hearing a lot about um, Families maybe not being able to help their children at home, maybe needing some more guidance and some some homework help and and that sort of stuff. So we are currently working with um, Lynn University to use their education major. So the students who are in in the education department to use those students to do their internship with us and provide throughout Palm Beach County free tutoring program. So that should be coming out pretty soon. and that's something we think is going to be a critical need for, for children. And, and it could serve a four-year-old all the way through. So that's something we're really looking at. Um, the other thing we're looking at is that we also started a partnership with the Florida Atlantic University because we recognize that, um, you know, insurance and just payment on the whole for a parent was going to be a, a big issue. And when we're looking at behavioral health and mental health, we know that's a, a critical issue right now. And so we, we uh, got in touch with FAU and we will be using their bachelor's and master's level students to also provide some free um, one-on-one for parents, for teachers in classrooms, for kids who are having some behavioral issues in classrooms to get some free services out there to see if we can't link some stuff and, and get these kids going. So those, I mean, there's so much more happening in our area. I, I really have to say that 
a lot of the things that we're doing is, is coming from the pulse of, of what our families are saying to us. Um, Cornisha talked about having those conversations, those community conversations. We have them on um, Facebook Live and stuff like that with parents. And those parents are really feeding us information and saying, you know, my child isn't in, in child care. I, I'm not really ready yet for my child to be in child care, but what could I do at home? And so we're really listening to those and, and trying to push out as much as we, we can to families and also coordinating a lot with our partners, right? Because we know funding is a thing that everybody's got a little pot. Well, if everybody used their little pot in the same place, there's a whole lot of people not getting any. And so we're really trying to make sure that if, if primetime has a pot that's really looking at after schoolers, that we're speaking with them and we're working through, they are doing that population. And then we're looking at the population that are the youngest kids. Um, if they're, you know, overflow issues or they need more in, you know, we're trying to stretch those dollars as far as we can to make sure that our families are really well supported. I have a question for Runa. Sure. Um, are you also with ELC? I'm sorry. I am. I am. Okay. So, um, I noticed a lot of my students had, a, um, some had mental health issues, but a lot of them are in, um, ADHD diagnosis. And in Belgrade, they were seeing the psychiatrist once a month to get their medication. And I recently found out from a parent last week that uh, the psychologists and psychiatrists are no longer coming in in person. They're still doing virtual meetings. And I think there's only like one therapist. And that is a, you know, and there's a lot of children here, you know, who struggle. You know, mental health is a huge issue here and we just don't have enough resources. But I'm asking, do, I mean, now that we're kind of, things are slowly reopening. I mean, are, are the students able to get their meds and stuff regularly now or, is it pretty much still the same where? That's a component that we don't do. When it comes to the psychiatrists and whatnot, they're working in a different house. Um, however, it is something we can look into with our mental health therapist that is doing the therapy across Palm Beach County. It's something we can ask um, to find out what are those psychiatrists doing and how we can get that sort of help out there if that help is needed. So that's something we can definitely ask questions and try to figure out how, where that service is lacking. And, and if there's something that we can do, certainly we can do that. Can you also share some information about, you know, where the, is there's a phone number that the parents can call and maybe getting free counseling online or something like that, that maybe I can share? With Absolutely. So you can always call our Child Care Resource and Referral at 561 514-3300, and I'll put that in the chat as well. So you can call and they will connect you to any service that you need. So and if, it's, if you happen as a parent to ask us for a service that we don't know about or we don't have, we certainly get your name and number and figure out where that service is and give you a call back. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks for your question, um, Denise. Elsie, you had a question. Uh, you can go. I just have a question. What would be your duration or for the student to have therapy sessions? What would that would be the duration mean? Would it be three months, six months, or? Erin, do you have the duration that Eric is doing therapy around? So um, we've had some families who have been with us. The services are either for families, um, could be for the adults or the child. 
Um, those services started all the way back in March. Um, we've had some clients who have been with us since March, and it's now October. Um, you know, right now we have um, wonderful funding availability, which we are so excited to have. We started with private funding. We've now had some state funding come online, so that's been really good. Um, we are planning to run it as long as we have funding availability. Um, normally, we are um, child care resource and referral and scholarships um, and BPK. Um, going into supporting um, mental health in a bigger way is really new for us. Um, we were very lucky to have a therapist um, and his son um, live with us because the other thing we do is we're a Head Start grantee. And uh, mental health services are a big part of Head Start. So when this began, when the pandemic began, we were fortunate that we already had someone we had a relationship with um, who had a team um, that they also speak Creole, they speak Spanish, they have a number of therapists. And so they had the ability to take on this extra work. Um, so we are going to continue as long as we have funding. I, I can't tell you that it would be a full year. I would love to tell you it would be a full year. Um, we've also created a really nice relationship with the county who also move virtual right now um, as a backup for services. So um, we know if there were a time where funding started to diminish for us because this is kind of a, a brave new world that we're going into, um, we would have enough time to transition. It wouldn't be that services would just end. Um, you know, one week and be gone that we would work with our provider to transition those services so that everyone had a chance to adjust. Um, but we're going to go as long as we can. I would love to tell you I had a time frame. Um, I knew that what that was. Um, but this is this has been something that we saw the need in March. And we were fortunate that we could start it. And we've been really um, blessed that we could continue it. I hope that answers your question. The transition would happen. So there's two types of transitions can, that can happen. A parent could be transitioned to youth services department that does provide continue to provide free services for mental health for um, children, or we can also transition to the behavioral health professional that's in the child's school. So those things, those transitions would be smooth and we would be making sure that, you know, when those transitions are needed, that we're really making sure that we're holding that child and making sure that it's a smooth transition and a safe transition. Um, in addition, we would also be looking if, if the parent has um, Medicaid, for instance, you can use Medicaid to then continue on to do um, therapy with the provider that we have. So we would look for very, you know, if, if payment was needed, varying payment sources and making sure that that child is um, nicely transitioned. Another thing that I wanted to mention that we are doing because it, it, it's now limited, we're hoping and, and advocating strongly for it to continue, but we don't know that it will. Um, the state did lift um, the the employment requirement for child care services. And so currently, if you're job searching, you can receive child care services. So if you know of parents in your community that might need child care at this time and may not have employment, to just know that that's open. And right now it's open until the end of um, this month. But like I said, we're we're really hoping that they continue right on for a little longer. Thank you for that information. Um, are there any more questions from LZ or Benice uh, to ELC or Primetime, right, at this moment? Okay, so I have a question um, regarding how are you, how are both services, how are you getting feedback from the parents? Um, it sounds like you're doing a lot of great work and 
I just want to know, like, how do the parent or how do you know that it's working for the parents? And have there been any issues that um, parents have made you guys aware of? And how are you working on those issues? Um, We are holding, we're participating in any community meeting that will have us uh, to ensure that we are available and making ourselves available to our community members, including our parents. We have partnered with some of our Bridges programs, our Healthier Together communities have hosted us, have allowed us to be a part of their um, conversations, to be able to answer questions from families and to get feedback. Um, The fact that we shifted to mail outs, again, was a response from something that we heard from our communities about they're just not connecting to some of the things that we're doing online and they really would prefer to get things uh, by mail. And so we've made some of those shifts. Um, We have informal conversations that we call parent chats or parent cafes where we allow family pick topics or we hear from families about topics that are important to them and they want to learn more. And we host those um, online um, conversations so that parents can really talk about what's really on their mind taking that feedback and we continue to build on that. Um, Families are always welcome to call us and, you know, just share. Uh, We have an online notification piece as well where they can log in and, and, um, you know, talk about their experiences and our teams are reaching out to them one-on-one to learn more about um, their experiences or how we can even do it better. We also partner with our, we have uh, what we call a ready service conversation with our service providers. And so how well are we working with them? How are we hearing from their customers? You know, are we a good partner with them as well? So we we, um, try to create a lot of opportunities. And I think Erin can talk more about the uh, Head Start um, piece with the um, Parent Leadership Council. So, Kanisha, I have a follow-up question to what you were just um, speaking on. So um, I'm going to say I'm asking for a friend because I'm actually asking for friends. So I have uh, mentioned before, I have friends that are um, educators. Uh, So how are you, um, are parents, when they're coming to these chats, are they talking about um, their kids being mentally stressed by being exposed to the behaviors of other parents um, as we're going into um, these, into the homes and parents are having some, let's say some parents are having bad behaviors. Um, my t- my educator friends are telling me that they're mentally stressed, and when they have the uh, counseling, the one-on-one counseling with their kids, some of their kids are mentally stressed at some of the things and some of the antics and the behaviors that they're seeing is inside some of the parents' homes. So, um, are you offering, so to speak, um, Zoom um, online? Uh, I don't know if you you don't use Zoom, but online etiquette classes for parents on how to behave in the background when your kids are online. We're not, but that has come up in some of our conversations. We have what we call a glazed collaborative, and it came up as a part of the conversation there where child care providers were talking about, um, you know, some of those types of things um, for parents. And they also asked, can you help parents with this so that that way they can improve their behavior? Um, We did find, though, that's our... um, we shifted gears and started providing more family coaching kind of things because parents were just at their wits end. 
you know, I think the teachers told them that they had some challenges with the children and they didn't believe it until such time as they had to have them at home with them all the time. And parents then realized that something had to be done differently. And um, I mean, really just at their wits end, reaching out and looking for help. And, you know, that's where we started working with them one-on-one to try and coach them through what they were feeling, what they were experiencing. But that's not something that we've developed just yet, but it has come up in some of those community conversations. And we have been asked to take a look at that and see how we can do how we can um, support parents with that. Yeah, because I understand parents are in their own home. So I don't know if there's a um, legal fine line there that uh, that you would have to cross. But um, some of the things that my educator uh, friends are telling me that are happening in the background with parents and some on some of these online classes, I'm just and I think I've most time heard. I've heard and seen just about everything, but sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> it, it, Thank you for that answer. Some of the things that they've shared with us, which we also found surprising. And you're right. You know, there's a fine line. Um, and our informal conversations are really a good place for those types of things to come up. We have just not yet figured out how to gently do it without crossing that line. But it has come up in some of those community conversations and we are looking at it. So. But it is a very fine line. It, it is. And I know the schools are having this conversation, too, because a lot of that virtual learning falls within their wheelhouse. Right. And so I know a lot of the schools at orientations um, that were partly geared around. Here's the technology and here's how to manage the technology. Um, but also the fact that you are on camera and we are going to see what's going on in your home. And, and, you know, not only your child, but how this pertains to adults. Um, I don't know if they plan to do that again, but it couldn't hurt. I will say as a mom, um, I've seen a lot in people's homes that I could pass on, really. Um, and it would be okay with me. But, you know, I think it, it's part of the uh, part of the new learning curve for adults as well. Um, but I know the schools are trying to tackle that also um, because, you know, all, all the online learning does fall with them. Um, but definitely your point is well taken. We do hear that from parents. It's it's um how to gently uh, gently address it because I know um some of my educator friends have said that they tried to gently address it with some parents and the parents have said listen this is my home you're you're coming into my home like you're the invader you're the intruder here <laughs> but thank you for those comments <laughs> I would like to ask a question um I wanted to know if you all like the ELC and the different organizations here today, do you partner up with the individual school or the school uh, district as a whole? Because often um, the teachers or particularly the the counselors, the behavior, because I think every school now has a guidance counselor and a behavior um, person there, a mental health person also, you know, to provide services. And I'm not sure if you're partnering up with these individuals so that way they know to refer the parents to your organization to get the services that the children need. Um, For example, I had a student and there was a lot of trouble in the home. Okay, so the mother was home alone with four other small children and dad was at work in the field all the time. So mom had a baby and was dealing with with postpartum. Okay. So um, she basically was locking herself up in the house and between the uh, police department and the guidance counselor and myself, 
we went for weeks and no one really knew how to handle the situation, how to get this mom some help because she was being seen as though she was having a breakdown, which she was, but she was suffering with postpartum. Okay. So the only help she was able to get was to go to the crisis unit, I suppose. But I think that parent needed more support before she got to that point that she's in. And so as the guidance counselor, myself and the ESC contact and different leaders in the school were discussing this particular issue, no one really, none of these, you know, organizations came up so we could be like, hey, you know, you can partner up with, you know, with this organization where you can get some free counseling. They have Creole speakers, they have Spanish speakers. So um, my question is, um, just like the different organization or company comes and talk to us about our finances and how to get these, you know, resources, how to better invest. I think we need people like you all to come into the school and really um, let the teachers and let the, the, the guidance counselor and the uh, behavior health, you know, individuals come in, you know, and really talk to them and make everyone aware. So that way, you know, and it's our children who are at a disadvantage because they're not getting the help that they want because a lot of the parents don't have the finances to go elsewhere. So I've had several with this one particular family, this happened on two occasions. Every time she would have give birth to a new baby, she would go into this mental breakdown where she locks herself up for weeks and the kids would not come to school. And no one is, wants to call DCF because that's not really the source of the issue. That's not going to help, you know, but it was more problems, you know, within the family and they can really use the resources to get the help that they need, you know. And at, this, at that time, I didn't know about the organization, which is why I'm so pleased to be here and have this conversation because now I can actually pass it along, you know, to my school and my colleagues. But I wanted to know, like, do you partner up with these individuals that are placed in each school so they know they can reach out to you all, you know, when certain situations arises? Um, we do work with our school districts very closely. Uh, we have a really good uh, relationship with our BPK programs. And certainly our kindergarten transition teams work very closely together. I definitely think that that's an area which we can expand on by just not necessarily looking at the transition aspect of our work, uh, but also sharing the information about uh, our partnerships and the resources that we can connect our residents and our other community partners to. So that 514-3300 is our CCRNR line. We have uh, 20 staff that answer that line, and they're able to connect to other resources in the community. Um, I, as I was listening to you tell the story about this mom, you know, I, I'm thinking about our hospital liaisons through our Healthy Beginnings programs and, you know, wondering which hospital did she give birth in because that's a, um, in Palm Beach County, we're blessed to be able to have those hospital liaisons who connect to those moms who are giving birth and they do that next level of screening, the postpartum depression screenings, and they are able to then begin to connect. So again, uh, you know, um, I appreciate your bringing that up. I definitely think there's a way for us to expand that beyond what we currently do. And I will certainly, um, take that back to our uh, child care resource and referral team as another opportunity 
um, to um, share how we connect to others in the community and making sure that others know that when they're stuck and they don't know where to turn, at least call us and then we can begin to get the ball rolling or help you get the ball rolling. So I appreciate your saying that. Thank you. And I, I would echo what Cornisha is saying. We may not be, um, and I, what I think is so wonderful about Palm Beach County is we may not be the one-stop shop at the Early, Co- Early Learning Coalition to address this issue ourselves. But we're so fortunate in this county that we have so many resources, like Cornisha was talking about, the hospital liaisons that serve new moms that are in the county. Um, you know, we know the district has such strong services for families, you know, um, to ensure that they have those connections with families and what's happening and with guidance. And so, you know, one of the things that I found so important when I came into this county, I wasn't originally in Palm Beach County, like so many, I'm not a native, um, was learning kind of each agency and, and what they did. And one thing that's been wonderful about our 514-3300 number is because we do have so many resources in this county, they can provide those referrals for the for that family um, to those services. So those services may not sit with us ourselves, but those services may sit with another organization. And we love making those connections um, because at times, it, as much as we have so many resources, it can also be so confusing. It can be so confusing um, for, you know, and a lot of us are here working as a part of it and it's still confusing for us sometimes. Um, so while we may not be able to do everything as a one-stop shop, we are able to make the connections to those groups and those agencies and those partners who can support that family. And I think that's one of those, the strengths of, of Palm Beach is that we, we have those, um, those connections within our county. Thanks for sharing that information. It definitely is a water holes of information. It's a lot of information, Um, but we want to give the systems couch uh, a chance to ask questions to the parents. If you have any questions that you want, you know, anything that you want to get more insight and get their perspective on anything, this is your time to do so. And it's again, it's a couch conversation. So we're all here to have just to talk. Um, you're able to ask questions as well and, you know, let us know how your job is going because I can imagine that it's extremely stressful. So I do have a question for, for all of the parents of the community connectors is for you, what are the easiest ways to get information? I know as a parent, sometimes I am just trying to balance what I have currently. And then if I need something else, you know, I want to be able to find it fast. Um, I don't want to have to dig and dig and dig and dig because I want to fix it so I can go back to just managing what I have in front of me. So what are, what are, where, if you're looking for resources or supports, especially right now with everything that's going on, um, what are the easiest ways um, or where do you look for resources so we know that we're connecting in the right ways? And that question is of uh, the community connectors? Yes, anybody. I'm just wondering how everyone is accessing information because we want to make sure what we're putting out there is reaching people and not just. Hey, so with that, I'm going to have either Lauren or Freshlene jump in because we are getting ready to do some things. Well, we well we already did some things, but that's to come. But I would love for Lauren or Freshlene to jump on at this time and tell them more about what's coming up as far as that information that's being requested as as of right now. 
Um, so I'm happy to do that. Um, I I definitely would like to hear Venice or Elsie answer the yeah, question here yeah. because we can talk about Be Well forever, but I, I'd like to know the answer to that too, right? We want to make sure we're doing the same thing. So Correct. I'm going to take Correct. a step back and ask them to answer it first. And Rosa, TK, Rose, for you guys to answer that as well. Well, um, I was going to say Be Well PBC is where we get our, inf- our information. <laughs> I was going to be... <laughs> But now we're getting ready to give information. Information, correct? Right. But, right. but before we do that, before we do that, we'd love to hear from the parents first. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, Lauren, before you get off camera, it's um, you can also answer from the perspective of being a parent, um, where it's like not just from BWO PBC uh, perspective. But Elsie Luna, Denise can also answer that question as well. Well, I've gotten information from Beauty Well through my email also. Um, but I think with the community or where I'm at, I think sometimes they prefer brochures or paper-based information because it's not all the time that they'll look into their emails. Um, me as a counselor, I get plethora of emails coming out to me. So it's like having to sort things like, hey, this is, people, this is my email, my, you know, things like that. So with my community and where I'm at, I would prefer brochure. I would prefer pamphlets and information by paper because I can keep the material, you know, even looking directly at it at that time. Or if I looked at it for a close to a cent, I can put it next to me and can look at it. Whereas my email, I'm just giving it and not able to, you know, take time, as much time as I need to, to get all the information down and then put it on my phone or anything else like that. So um, I get it through well through my and stuff like that. But um, I would prefer sometimes to get put in the hard paper information. So by paper. Uh, For me, I think uh, there's a similar organization out here in the Glades, uh, similar to Be Well. That's the Glades Initiative. And they usually send out uh, daily or uh, weekly emails with uh, different resources, different other community um, events um, that takes place and uh, everything that pertains to Palm Beach County is called the Glaze uh, Initiative, but it focuses on resources that are available in the Glades. And also, of course, you know, through my church, I was to the First Haitian Baptist Church here in Bell Glade and we um, allow different organizations, nonprofit organizations to come to the church. We set aside one Sunday out of the month where we invite leaders, different, you know, individuals from the community to come to our parents because a lot of parents are non-English speakers and a lot of them are not aware of these resources that are available. So for instance, now that I've, I um, learn about all these different resources. I can go back, you know, and talk to my church members and someone will contact you guys and be like, hey, can you, you think you could come over, you know, come on this day and then you can talk to the, you know, to the church and they take that information back to their community, to their neighbors their family members and they share it. And so that's kind of like how um, we get a lot of our information and we stay connected. And of course, it's through networking. And um, and I just enjoy getting emails of different events because that's how I can share it with uh, with uh, of course my parents, uh, the people that I work with in the community and the church, and I can you know just share share. But I love 
I think Be Well and Liz Initiative and everybody coming together like this is just one of the best ways to inform me. So again, I really appreciate this time. Um, TK, I know you said you wanted me to answer as a parent. Um, I will tell you that, um, you know, I do a lot of reaching out to my daughter's school and asking them, um, even if it's not necessarily uh, about school, like if they know about things going on in the community, um, you know, uh, what they would recommend for um, different local activities. Cause some of the schools do have that like hanging on a bulletin board or they get a ton of emails too. So I sometimes just shoot emails out or last week I called the front desk at the school. Um, Her school happens to be very communicative and said, you know, I'm looking for other parents who want to connect and do you, do you have parents calling? Is there a way for us? I know they can't give out information between parents, but is there a way to connect us as parents? Because our kids go to the same school. And my daughter this year happens to be going to a new middle school. Or the middle school is not new. It's new to us. And so I don't know the same amount of kids that I did when we were at elementary school for six years. So the school is one place I've reached out to. Um, and then, of course just word of mouth. I'm on a um, neighborhood uh, Facebook group and the moms are constantly through the Facebook group, reaching out to each other um, and asking, Hey, do you know a plumber? Hey, do you know, you know, someone who can come fix this? You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know where to go. No one's driving around seeing ads everywhere as much as they used to. And so um, I know there's apps like, um, Next door, there are those neighborhood apps that are getting pretty popular in Palm Beach County. So I've even thought about for Be Well, um, could that be a place to put out information? Because I think a lot of parents might be on there or all kinds of neighbors, not just parents. And so I've been on um, one of the next door apps for actually, I joined before the pandemic. And there's a lot of really good information that's shared through that. So I've been looking for places like that where it wouldn't be maybe a typical place that you would go for information, but could be reaching further into the community. Um, And then when I get resources, I send it out to all my friends. And so I can't figure out how I would do that. But I think that's how we've um, really found the power of the three community connectors is that's what they're doing. They're using their influence on social media to share out great information when they hear about it. And then when they hear something back from the community, they're making sure we know, we're making sure leaders know when they're sharing things with us. And so I think it's creating that feedback loop. So I'm practicing that professionally, but I'm also practicing it personally and creating that feedback loop with my friends and my neighbors and and trying to find those spaces where those feedback loops are already happening. And, and, you know, as we said, right now, a lot of that's happening over the web, but I still think there are places like grocery stores, you know, are people looking at bulletin boards on grocery stores? Um, I found myself looking for a bulletin at the local, at my Publix, the like two times I've gone there this summer, because I've been using Instacart a whole lot, but you know, I wonder if there's some of the places that people still are really visiting, if there's putting up flyers there or, you know, something that catches people's eyes so they'll look. Doctor's offices, 
I thought about that too, because I just brought my doctor, my daughter to the doctor for her annual checkup. And are there flyers there? Because I think a lot of people go to their primary doctors to ask for information. So those are the places that I've been thinking about is um, it doesn't, you don't have to just go to the doctor to find out medical information. You could find out other things happening in the community. So again, I've been thinking about that as a parent, but I'm also thinking about that for Be Well too. And then I'll, I'll share on Be Well's behalf. Uh, thank you, Lauren, for sharing as a parent. Um, uh, we are actually uh, working on a project right now. Um, and, and so through that project, uh, many organizations and many community leaders will be able to share what they have um, going on. And, you know, and, and of course, if, if time permits, uh, and we'll let people know, um, once the project comes out, I'm not trying to share too much because we promised we would share it November 2nd. So I'm trying to stay true to that. But um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, that'd be a resource that we believe that it's going to be quick, easy to share information. And so individuals that would like to hear about what's happening in the community, I think it'd be a great space for not just, you know, the, the organizations on the call, but also, you know, uh, LZ, you do a lot with the church. Venice, you do a lot with the church. And so it's just kind of sharing information so people can um, know. And then, of course, this conversation here, um, having these couch conversations, uh, just allowing everybody that's on this call to, to talk about what's available. Um, I hope that everybody can walk away, kind of just feel like, oh, OK, I learned something or I gained something today. And so um so yeah, so that's that's what BWall has going on. But but we will have uh, another project in addition to the couch conversations that I think will really um, push uh, some information out to our parents and to the community, so they're able to know what's going on. Um, I know we're we're getting close to time, so I'm gonna pass it back on to our community connectors um, for anything final. So I just hey. wanted to say as a I'm sorry, as a Be Well Community Connector. Um, so I'm going to piggyback on something that Lauren said. Uh, since the pandemic, I have joined about eight Facebook groups. And let me tell you, the information is like, sometimes it's like overload. But I've joined uh, the Facebook group as well as I um, got on the distribution list for all the healthier neighbors communities because all the, the municipalities have a healthier um, community, healthier Delray, um, healthier Boynton in the Glaze. And, that information, I get information there on the on the community newsletters, as well as uh, I'm in an organization of about 85 women, and we share we we have a group chat, and you can ask just about any question in there. And if someone uh, out of the 85 women, if one one of them does not have the answer, they can find the answer. So you just have to you know join these um, group chats, these community organizations. Get in even if you don't join the organization, shift you can get on their distribution list. Uh, the Facebook groups are an awesome way, as Lauren said, to get information. Uh, so that's pretty much how I stay connected uh, and get my information. Awesome. Like Press Lane said, we're getting up on the um, time right now. We have heard so much, so much wealthy information here today. We heard about the ELOs, the transitions, the behavioral health professions, payment sources, where you can go to the Linden Library, one-on-one coaching, virtual parenting engagement opportunities, participating in community conversations, hospital liaisons, and also other places where we can invite parents out that's coming from the parents, where they're going to start inviting parents out 
along with the community partners here on this on here on the Zoom today. Um, the schools, we can go to the schools. Um, we can do word of mouth. There are Facebook groups. There are apps like Nextdoor. And, and, and we're considering taking, you know, doing flyers at doctor's offices and, and bulletin boards and, and all of those great places or whatever. This is so much information. And I am hoping that parents in particular, that you take this information that you gained here today and take it out to your churches and on the byways and the highways and wherever you need to take this information to get help us get this word out here. Because this word is here. This is great work that everyone on this screen is doing. You all owe yourself a round of applause for the work that you are doing in this community and Palm Beach County alone. I look at Palm Beach County as number one in, in the world as far as I'm concerned. You see what I'm saying? So give yourselves a, that round of applause. Um, parents, we appreciate you for coming today. We really do. We really appreciate our partners here today. Um, all of you, all great answers, all great responses, all great resources. We really do thank you for being here today. And we hope that you come again because, see, this doesn't end here. We have to continue on and maybe our audience will get a little bigger in the future. But it's OK, because right now this is like a core group almost. So I really appreciate it. Now, I'm going to leave the floor open for if there are any additional questions that you might have still on that burner, you know, way back in the back um, that you felt like you shouldn't ask, but maybe you should ask because you would go away today feeling complete. And before we do, um, after we do that, we'll go into our closing. Anybody have any other questions? I have a question. I wanted to know, does a Community Connection or Be Well sent out weekly email just to yeah. kind of share with what's going on in the community or events or when's the next talk like this. I think uh, Mix and Mango Lauren's been sending me an email. I don't know if that's what it's called. There's other uh, resources like that available. Yeah, we have a slew of things. So we are sending out a monthly newsletter that has a lot of this information. Um, this couch conversation will be highlighted obviously in that newsletter and on our website. Um, and the plan, I believe, is that to do a couch conversation every other month. Is that correct? So every other month. And then um, this very suspenseful thing that's happening on November 2nd, we'll also fill in some of that as well through our social media. Um, but social media is always the best place to, place to go for like daily updates of what's happening, not just with Be Well, but across the community, because we're highlighting a lot of everyone else's work. Um, Mix and mingle is another thing, but it's it's just one of many activities with Be Well. And, you know, just like Aruna and Aaron and Cornisha and Nicole were asking is, we're trying to figure out what are all the avenues that we might be missing so we can get information out too. So daily on social media, at least monthly through our newsletters, we're sending out lots and lots of emails as well. And then our community connectors are really our great link to the community and they're doing an awesome, awesome job. So thank you to the three of you. This was great. So I know we're running short on time, but I just want to know just before Rose closes, I just want to just um, briefly go around the room and just, just have everyone give a number. On a number scale of one to 10, what is your mental health number today? I would say mine is a seven today. I would say that mine is 7.5 on a scale of one to 10. 
and I have to drop off. So thanks for having me. Bye, TK. Bye, TK. Bye. Nice meeting you. Bye. Anyone else? I would say mine is about an eight. I, I don't want to feel like I'm all overboard and everything, but me hosting this, in, in, I feel like a 10. And y'all just gave me life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say, I think I was definitely lower before this, but I'm feeling like a strong eight, leaning towards a nine after all this energy. So I appreciate it. I needed this today. <laughs> hey, Melanie. <laughs> oh, boy. So anybody else want to share your numbers right quick? I'm a 10, Rose. <laughs> oh, good. That's awesome. Because you ladies inspire me. I'm feeling so good after listening to you all. Well, I was Everyone about a five. I'm dealing with my mom's with Alzheimer's, but I was about a five. But after today, I'm about a seven. After, you know, dealing with um, a parent with Alzheimer's. <laughs> and everyone, uh, Melody, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. I've been in the background typing as you've all been talking. Um, <laughs> and I jumped. I'm sorry, I had something going on a little earlier, so I was a little late to the call. But I've been here for the majority of it, and it's fantastic. And uh, it's going to make it hard to, to, to synthesize this all down. And it's something we could put in the newsletter. But there's just so much great information. I thank you all for sharing. Um, I learned a lot. Um, and I, I work with a lot of different organizations in the community. But this is so worthwhile. And um, I couldn't help thinking that, you know, maybe this is something we need to do again with a larger audience because there's just so much good stuff that you guys are sharing here. It's so important. So thank you for all for sharing, for being honest and um, and really just great questions that were asked and wonderful conversation. So I'm I'm very inspired. I'm a 10 right now. <laughs> awesome. You didn't tell them who you're with, Melody. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm with my. I'm with Otero Communications. I'm with myself. I I uh, I, I have my own communications firm, um, but I've, I've worked in nonprofit for many years. I worked at Palm Health Foundation for a number of years, uh, and so now I'm on my own and just working with different communication, uh, different um, community organizations like Be Well to help them uh, communicate and share information out in the community. I guess I'm at about an eight. Prior to this, I was kind of stressing out, fighting with my four year old because he was making silly faces in the camera and shouting at his teacher and I was just like I don't know what I'm going to do with him but just knowing that you heard right. everything <laughs> enjoy, enjoy. adult time having some time with some adult and getting this good information really makes me feel good and this has been very encouraging again thank you for having me thank you Miss <laughs> Rose I'm at about an 8.5 on bordering on 9 the closer it gets to the end of the day. Nice. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I just want to say everybody. It was very informative. I'm at a seven. Um, I still be working, but hopefully by the end of the day I'll be at an eight when I get to go home and spend time with my children. So it'll be great. <laughs> Thank you, Elsie. Aruna, Nicole, Erin. <laughs> I'd say I'm pretty much in Cornisha's zone. That's why I was chuckling. Um, you know, I, I, we love what we do. I would say for all of us, our days are kind of sun up to way past sundown at this time. I think we're all in that boat right now. It's, you know, um, but I would say definitely attend. I, I, I'm really excited about what I do every day. Uh, having conversations like this energizes me. So um, just thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. I definitely said I was an eight. Um, I voted. So I'm definitely creeping up. 
my, ask me what happens November 3rd. I'll tell you where my number is. But right now, I'm eight. <laughs> hopefully we all be a team. <laughs> hopefully we're um, I'm a solid eight. Um, this has been great. Um, I really appreciated being here and thank you all. Thank well, you thank so much. You. Thank, thank you all. all. Happy yeah. Friday. Happy weekend. Friday. Okay, <laughs> see you next time. Have a great w- weekend, guys. See you next. Bye. See you on the next Bye. couch. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.